Grace and peace be unto you from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hi, I would like to welcome you to another Restore Media podcast with your host, Chris and Maggie Winston. We do hope and pray that you are blessed and basking in the glory of the Lord. So how are you doing today? I am doing well. I feel a little stuffy, but great. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still um, I'm still doing good. We, you know, we're still kind of basking in the glory. We just came back from a retreat as the recording of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we just came back from a retreat, which was a blessing, I it think. Definitely a blessing. Yeah, it, it, it was a blessing. And um, I'm still basking in the glory of that energized yes. and, and ready to go. So I'm I'm very I, yeah, I'm very um, excited for the future. I am definitely and what the Lord you know, just might be doing in the future mm-hmm. for us, through us, um, with us, you know, that, so I'm, I'm very excited. I am too. And that was an amazing weekend. I can't, I'll never forget that is written in history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of things yeah. um, that were, I left a lot of lessons I, I learned, I left with that um, really have helped me and really will help me. Yeah. Um, just definitely. going forward as, you know, as we, as I just live, as I just yeah. live as a, as a, as a person, as a believer in, in Jesus. Definitely. Uh, with that being said, man, we're going to get right into our, our podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing with a topic that is maybe slightly different than some topics that we've been dealing with and, and, and how, yeah, that's a slightly, I said slightly, you know, not, not, not too much, Yeah. but the way in which we may go about it might be a little different, yeah. but, um, but it's all right. It's something that I think you and I both have come to learn um, lessons in this in this line. Mm-hmm. There are many more lessons to be learned and to and to be brought out, but this is something that I think is uh, is very important. Mm. Depending on where you come from, yeah. Depending on what yeah. your religious background is, yep. I think this is something that's very very important. Uh, with that being said, we're going to say a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into our our topic. Let's pray together. Dear kind of most loving Father, we are coming before you for your spirit, for your guidance, for your help. I pray that you will be, um, you will increase and we will decrease. You will shine forth your glory and your goodness. I pray that you'll be with each person that is listening at this topic, will bless and help them on their walk, on their journey towards you. And thank you for all that you have done and all you will do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we're we're going to get right into it, um, and we're going to just kind of discuss the topic of when 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 we what really wakes you up. Yeah. All right. Let, let's just topic. like like what wakes you up from spiritual spiritual lethargy. Yeah. All right. Or spiritual death. What is the tool that God uses yeah. to wake you up? Mm-hmm. And you know our our background yeah. that we come from a background. Yeah. That said, uh, that it would okay. It may not say this is the thing to wake you up, but well, I guess some will say that. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Yeah, I guess some will say yes. this is the tool to wake you up, uh-huh. but um, but others uh, others may not say it. Yeah. But the with the heavy emphasis mm-hmm. on this one thing, you know, that's what you think mm-hmm. is really going to wake you yes. up. Yeah. Right. And and what I'm just I'm you know I, you know I'm talking about the study of Bible prophecy that Bible prophecy is often used or promoted mm-hmm. as the tool that people need to wake them up 
out of spiritual lethargy or out of spiritual death, that they need to know the prophecies of God's word because it has an arousing effect to them. And and I do believe that the prophecies of God's word do have an arousing effect. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Uh, but but is that what the scripture has defined as the tool that God seeks to use mm. to really bring spiritual life yeah. into the soul? Yeah. Is that the tool? Mm. And and, you know, I'm I I I, I want to explore that. Yeah. Let's do it. I want to explore that. Yeah. I want to explore that from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, a verse is coming to my mind. And, and the verse that's coming to my mind is a verse that that many might want to use to identify uh, how um, prophecy can help with arousing you to your condition, arousing you to, um, you know, your duty or whatever. Yeah. And it's a, a couple of verses found in the book of Revelation 14, verses six and seven. Right. And and we know these verses. We're very familiar with these verses. It says there in the Bible, it says, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. Yes. But but the, the idea is that in the, the prophetic utterance it says that the angel that has the everlasting gospel which yeah. we got to keep that in mind and we're going to come back definitely to the everlasting gospel yeah but it's in this series of three angels in revelation 14 mm-hmm. that the first angel he identifies when he opens his mouth he says fear god yeah and when you when you look at that word fear that many times it is it is um, interpreted as mm-hmm. being reverence, yeah. respect, honor, that that's what the word fear means. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely believe it means that. But that it also carries the meaning of when you look at the word fear used yeah. in the New Testament, that the word fear is often used or also used. I say that it's also used as a, a term to identify being frightened and and it, like being it's it's you're so frightened yeah. that it causes you to run. Yeah. So it, it excites you to action mm-hmm. is the point. Yeah. And so when when I when I look at Revelation 14 and when I consider the 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 first angel's message yeah. and I consider that that you have a message that one is either to cause you to respect, mm-hmm. honor, and reverence uh-huh. God. Uh-huh. Or you have a message that is going to excite you yes. to move you to action. Yeah, uh-huh. And and I, I think that when when we're dealing with what God is really trying to do, mm-hmm. what the tool that I think he really wants to use yeah. to arouse the people of God, yeah. that it does both. Uh-huh. I definitely think so. A healthy balance of both. It does mm-hmm. both. That it, it wanted caused you to reference, mm-hmm. respect, yes. and honor him yes. so much more. Yes. But then as well, you're motivated to yes. action yes. as well. Yes. And 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 that's that, that's what I perceive is what the Lord is trying to do yes. in our lives and and in all of whoever will receive him. Yes. It is one to yes, create that respect, that honor, mm-hmm. and that reverence. Yes. But then also to 
make a change in our lives yes. to where we, our actions are lined up yes. with our our faith. I believe, yeah, I believe our, the gospel should be presented in a way that uh, causes us to really reverence, honor, love, respect, and yeah. see God for who he is, a forgiving, merciful, uh-huh. compassionate God, compassionate God that cares so much for us that he, he sent his son to die for us. Yeah. But we cannot let, like, leave out the fact that, yeah, he did this for the whole world, but if you do not receive it, yeah, there is a con- there are some consequences. Absolutely, there is a punishment. Be- so, understanding the gospel, understanding that this is what God has done for us and how much He loves us, we should be in awe in like us, like when we really think about who we are and our sins. It should cause us to 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 be a, a, afraid of this God because, like, yeah. wow, I thank you so much, but but. You, you're not a God to play around with. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take lightly what you've done. So it's not like there's a healthy fear. Yeah. As well as there's a, a literal fear mm-hmm. that you should have. Like, he he's a man of his word. Yes. If he said that he was going to send his son, God's going to send his son to do what he did, and he did it. Yeah. Don't you think the other parts are actually coming as well? Absolutely. So knowing that, yes, salvation is for you, that you should be have an assurance, but yet, if that is all true, then what is true as well mm-hmm. is his coming judgment. Yeah. It's his coming, the fearful looking at mm-hmm. like what like to be who can stand. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a balance and yeah. it should be presented both because some people may present the gospel yeah. without it, and some yeah. people may emphasize that in a way that you don't even mix the the beautifulness of yeah. the gospel. So yeah. You know, uh, I remember a verse that says it in the Bible. It says it is a fearful, fearful. thing mm-hmm. to fall into the yeah. hands yeah. of the living God. God. I mean, I mean, that is yes. I mean, that is a an evident reality. In yeah, fact, as is. loving as we think God might yeah. be, as loving as we think Jesus might be, yeah. as 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 forgiving, as much merciful, yeah, forgiving yeah. and merciful and all the promises that are ours, yeah. even in all of that, yeah. we also recognize that there is another side to this coin oh, that yeah. is very evident and true. Yes. And and yes. And that's something that that, you know, we want to we we. We want to avert that as much as we can. Uh, I, I, well, you know, once again, that that's not our motive for why we're doing what yeah, we're doing. Yeah. But you recognize it and say, "Man, this is not something to play with." And let me just say it like that: yeah. God is not some somebody to play with. Um, he is worthy of respect yeah. and honor and glory and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but to our topic, yeah, what really wakes us up? Yeah, what is the tool that we that the Scripture has identified to us as a tool? to to wake us up well before we get into the tool yeah let's look at how the bible has described our condition just in a few places in the new testament yeah how has the bible described our condition before we have in, we encounter the lord right yeah how does it describe our condition and i want to look at a couple of verses um and the first one in the book of colossians chapter two and and just reading the first part of verse number 13 reading the first part of verse number 13. Again, Colossians 2 in verse number 13. And it says here, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now stop, put a pin in it. We're looking at the condition of mankind, the condition of all of us before we encounter God. Yeah. And this right here says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. 
there is the condition of man without the Lord, without uh, as we'll, well, what we'll talk about is going to happen. This is the condition of the natural condition of the heart of man. The Bible says that our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. That's what it says our hearts are. So this is the condition of mankind without God and the light that we live a life that is in absolute rebellion. We live a life that is devoted to sin. We live a life that is comfortable. At, yeah. Really, you're comfortable under wrath. Yeah. That, I mean, really, the, like you, like, as it says in Romans chapter one, that there's a class of people there that they know the judgment of the Lord. Yeah. And not only do they know it, but they commit this, still commit the same things and still have pleasure in them. Mm-hmm. So even knowing the coming judgment is still not enough for you to to do what is right in the sight of God. But but ultimately here, what we are identifying is the condition of man and the condition of man without God is, as it says, it calls us dead. That's the word to use. Dead in trespasses. Yes. So if you're dead, do you have any life? No, not not at all. There's no life. Well, what life is this talking about then? What kind of what, what kind of death is this? Is this a literal death? A spiritual death. This is a spiritual yeah. death. That your your spiritual inclinations yeah. are bent in the wrong direction. Yeah. They're not bent where they should be. Yeah. They're not bent towards everlasting life. No. They're bent towards death. Yeah. Like you covet death. Mm. And your direction yeah. is nothing but that yeah so um yeah so anyways that that's one verse another verse i want to consider on the condition of mankind very one of my favorite uh, places in the bible on the condition of mankind ephesians 2 verses 1 2 and 3 ephesians 2 verses 1 2 and 3 and it says this here it says and you who were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind there you go we're talking about mankind's condition before we encounter god Mm -hmm. and the condition is is stated here uh, and i I like what it said here first of all it says you're dead in trespasses and sins so there goes the idea that uh, that the natural then the natural condition of man is one that has no life there's no spiritual life. There is no life. That's one. But then number two, it, it identifies here wh- what's going on. It says that that the spirit is th- there's a spirit that is working in you yeah. that works in all the sons yeah. of disobedience. Mm-hmm. So I'm dead. I have no spiritual life. I'm working uh, trespasses yeah. and sins. Then it identifies that. There's a spirit that is now working 
there's a spirit behind it. That spirit is not a living spirit. And it's not a living spirit because even that spirit yeah. is going to die one day yeah. too. We, we, know, you know, we know who the spirit is referring yeah. to. It is a spirit of, of, of the devil. It's, yeah. it's the spirit of, of all rebellion, which comes from him, that, that the, the spirit that now worketh in the, in the children, as the King James says, of disobedience. But then here it also identifies that the condition of a man without the Lord is that you're walking in the passions of your flesh and you're living by the desires of the body and of the mind. So whatever you think. What feels good, what what Uh sounds good, whatever feels good to you. Uh It can change whatever, who cares? It's whatever you want. Yeah. Would that will. Yeah. Whatever. And and, and as we just stated, that's a dangerous thing to go on, be going off of what your mind says. I know. Because we just, we just quoted Jeremiah where it says that the heart or the mind yeah. is desperately wicked or is deceitful, deceitful yeah. and desperately wicked. Yeah. So the natural inclination it's is a deceitful way. thing. Yeah. It lies to you, mm-hmm. makes you think like, what no, this is what you really yeah. want to do or this is what you should do. But it is a straight lying flesh. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Yes. And it deceives you to, deceives you to believe that it is the right way. That's why we see people walking around here with this bad interpretation on their stuff. Yeah. And thinking, like, this is the right way. And, like we said, wrong and strong. Like, you could be yeah. so bent towards this that you think is right. Yeah. Whatever you feel like is right. So that's a condition before Christ. And we can see in our own life. Yeah. Before Christ, the condition, our condition, our heart, our life was bent towards sin. Yeah. Well, even if you went to church, you grew up in knowing about the bible mm-hmm. if you are not regenerated if you do not have the experience you are going to be dead in your sin absolutely so we see the foundation is laid that we're the natural man before christ is dead yeah and we need some kind of awakening experience we yes clearly yes. that this yes. is the experience that we just come with and no one is like perfectly good or honest a nice person yeah yes but you all the same plain um experience dead in sin yes absolutely so without an awakening you are going to be dead yes yes so uh, w- that is a good good thing to say that when we if you are not arisen or awakened by god that you are dead you are dead in trespasses and in sins so then what what is the tool then that is there for us that we believe that the lord uses to to wake us up from that yeah. spiritual death. Yeah. What brings us alive? Yeah. Um, and I believe you can start to find this answer yeah. in the very verses that we read to identify mankind's yeah. condition. Uh, yeah. If you go back to Colossians 2. You go back to Colossians yeah. 2. I'll read verse three. All right. Go ahead. And you who were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, so we see our dead condition, uh-huh. God made alive together with him, having for, um, forgiven us all our trespasses. So what here brings us alive? When you look at the verse, it, it, it's it's a very simple on a very yeah. simple understanding. Yeah. What brings us alive here is, is that we were brought alive in Christ. Yes. Let's just be real plain. Yeah. You're brought alive in Christ. Yeah. Now, now, now the thing is this, is that, okay, well, I'm brought alive in Christ, but I still feel like I'm dead. Mm. So like, what, what does that mean? If I'm brought alive in Christ, 
like like but i don't really feel alive i still feel like death is working in me mm-hmm. spiritual death is still is still present but the scripture is saying i'm brought alive in christ what does that mean what that means is is that you ha- that you have to come to a knowledge a full knowledge and understanding of what it means to be made alive in Christ. Now, what Jesus has really done, what he really did, that, that you have to, that thing has to come into the mind. You have to recognize that and understand that it is in understanding what it means to be made alive in Christ. And then also having your trespasses forgiven. Uh Uh-huh. that understanding what what Christ really yeah, did yeah, for you uh-huh. and him taking your place, as we always yeah. said, what really understanding what he did and the forgiveness that has been offered yeah. and given to us. Yeah, like we said, really understand because we started with the mind like we're dead in trespassing and sin. Our minds are deceitful. So when we turn tra- our minds has to be transformed. Mm-hmm. It has to have a different channel of working. We have to comprehend, like you said, see what God has done for us, what Christ has done on the cross. It says that he, we're made alive together with him. With him. And, and so he is alive and we're, we're, we're joined together. If we accept the forgiveness of our trespasses, if we accept what he has done, we are alive with him and we have to really come to grips with the reality of our minds. Like we're going to go back into thinking, oh man, I'm not really forgiven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not really like God didn't really save me from this. Why am I having these temptations still? Like we have to really see that God has risen us up with Christ Jesus, that we have this experience, that we can experience this and we can defeat the enemy in our minds. Like we can mm-hmm. really grab a hold of this reality and yeah. and live it out and know that our trespasses, our sins are forgiven. Yeah. So like starting out with our mind and understanding and allowing God to transform that and change that and, and, and get a hold of that, knowing that we can be alive. We can be made alive. We do not have to stay in that dead condition, in that dead state anymore. Yes. And, and a couple of verses on this mind thing that you're talking yeah. about that, that's coming to my that's coming to my mind about the mind. It says right here, it it, it says, um, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, but watch this, mm-hmm. and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. All right. So there is a renewal of the mind that the Bible says that we should have. But I want to connect this verse also with Colossians, something in Colossians 3 that it says here. And it says here in Colossians 3, and notice what is the what is the the tool that helps to renew the mind. Mm -hmm. There is something that has to come for the mind to be renewed. Right. Watch this. It's in Colossians 3 in verse number 10. It says and having and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, first of all, who created us? Jesus did. He's the creator, right? And it says that we are renewed after the knowledge of him that created us. So it is a greater knowledge and revelation of Jesus that renews the mind, right? So now how does that connect to our previous verse in Colossians 2? 13, as we've been stating, that that we're made alive together with him. But the only way you can know that is if it has been revealed to you 
and you accept that you've been made alive with Jesus. It's so funny because like the reality of like a renewed mind and a knowledge. Yeah. Like for me personally, when I experienced like that renewal of the mind and I will experience like awakening, there was a knowledge that I that I yep. obtained and I absolutely that this knowledge would be the thing that will keep me that will save me that will save the saving knowledge. Yeah. And, and 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 to see that yeah, there is a knowledge we should know that is saving, but I did not know the true the true depths of what Christ has done. Yes. That knowledge will be the saving knowledge. I put in in place a knowledge of truths yes. in the Bible of things that are not wrong in itself, but uplifting, holding on to that knowledge and thinking like that knowledge itself. Yeah. If you have it, you are going to be saved by yeah. it. If you have this knowledge, if you don't have this knowledge, you are not awakened. Yeah. Despite yeah. whatever else, um, like evidence in your life, the fact that you have this saving knowledge yeah this is what's going to keep you yeah 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 so uh, you know that the scripture as i as i'm reading it that it is this knowledge of being made alive together with christ yeah. having forgiven us of our of all our trespasses and sins it is a knowledge of that that brings us alive yeah it is a understanding of that yeah. and an understanding that, look, you were made alive together with Christ when he was resurrected from the grave. Yeah. That's when you were made alive with Christ. As a matter of fact, with that being said, let's go to another scripture that identifies this point in Romans chapter six in Romans chapter six. And it's I'll even start in verse number three. It says, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, watch this, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So now I get a greater understanding of what this knowledge is about us being made alive in Christ. That us being made alive in Christ is the knowledge of him putting sin to death. Putting He literally put death to death. We talk about spiritual, spiritual death. That's what the condition of mankind is. Well, what was spiritual death defined as? Dead in trespasses and in Mm -hmm. sins. Well, here in Romans 6, we find that the scripture says that he put sin to death. Yeah. He put it to death in his his body. Mm. And and when he was was resurrected, the same life-giving power that he was resurrected with is downloaded to every believer yeah. in these things yeah. and you are arisen with Christ and the power of his righteousness now is at, at your disposal and now you're working you're living a new life yeah. Yeah. in Jesus but again what is the tool that arouses the individual that is spiritually dead for them to even get to this point, I believe it is a greater knowledge of what Christ has done to save us. That that knowledge of that, that it will, it will, it will bring new life. Yeah. As you believe 
and receive the merit of Jesus Christ. Amen. Going going back to another verse on this point, uh, and then there's a couple more things that I think are very important to, you know, what brings new life. Yeah. Let's go on, let's go back to Ephesians two. We read verses one through three already. Mm-hmm. Now let's read verses four and five. Okay. Four and five it is a companion to Colossians two thirteen, and it says this here. It says, "But God, being rich in mercy, being of the of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, w- w- whatever is about to happen. When did God do it? When we were dead." even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Like, there you go. That once again, that this knowledge of what God has done for you in Jesus to save you is there is a reviving element to this thing. It gives and disseminates life knowing that you have already been brought to life Mm -hmm. in Jesus. That it's the knowledge of what Jesus has done to save us is what makes us alive, what arouses us from our spiritual death, Mm -hmm. as it were. Another thing, though, I want to consider are a couple other things, because uh, I believe there, there is some other things that we want to keep in mind as far as what brings life, where does life come? Or I'll, well, I'll even say it like this, that we have identified where life may, where the, the, the spark of new life comes. Yeah. But what keeps the life alive mm-hmm. in us? All right. Okay. Once we're, we've been brought to life, yeah. what is the, what brings or what keeps life flowing and living and breathing and, and keeps you alive? John 6 and verse number 63. John 6 and verse number 63. And it says this here. It says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Then watch what Christ says. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and so there are two things here that 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 are that are telling me that helps with this new life that helps not only even bring life but maintain life. Yeah. And the two things that are identified are, are you can't even separate them. Yeah. It's he says his the words that I have spoken are spirit and life. So I know that the word of the living God for me to uh for me to live a new life and to have new life in me, that it comes from a continual digesting and and feeding on the words of Christ, the word of God, that the word of God is a life-giving agent. Mm -hmm. I always say it like this, that, you know, I remember my first sermon that I ever wrote, very first sermon, and um, I I wrote this introduction and and when I was writing the introduction, what was in being impressed upon me was that, man, the word is it's a life giving agent that yeah. I, I didn't have life working in me until I got into this word. Mm-hmm. That when I got into that word, yeah. that life like this new life began to come yeah, yeah. 
So even in my introduction to the sermon, I remember I wrote this thing down and I was like, man, like God's word is is, a, is an active living agent. Yeah. And I remember I let a, a pastor at that time, he, you know, he asked me to if, if he could read what I wrote and when I, when or he could, if he could hear what I wrote. And I read it to him. And when I read it to him, all he could say was, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. And and, and I, I believe the, the point that that always stuck in my mind from that, it was that God's word is a lie. Mm-hmm. It is not a dead letter. Yeah. That there are people out there that have called it a dead letter. Yeah. And that is absolutely incorrect. Yeah. God's word is an active, living organism. Yep, it brings a right spirit. Like I said, the word is the spirit and life. Mm-hmm. So the word, it brings the right spirit. It brings the staying power, the keeping power yeah. in him. So like how the same way you came is the same way he will keep you mm-hmm. along it. Mm-hmm. So when we see that the gospel, what Jesus has done is that thing that wakes us up. Yeah. It is the thing that will keep us awake. Yeah. It's the thing that will keep us on this. Journey. Absolutely. And it's like his words, we must really take heed to where we sometimes consider his words as, yeah, like that, that that's nice stories or like, for me personally, in my experience in this allowing um, just my life to be different, allowing God to come into my heart, I realized that I belittled yeah. this a whole lot. Yeah. I allowed the gospel to be something like that's elementary. That's yeah. something else. Yeah. When in my, in like, how was I even awake to not see yeah. that the gospel is the thing that it's only because of him, it's only because of what he has done that I would even possibly remotely be interested in him interested yeah. in his word and then is that stay in power so i in anything else that, that may be termed like light true the word in a good that may be good but the stay in power yeah. to keep you from following the sin yeah. power what are you going to lean back on when you are when you sin when you when you fall yeah what are you going to go back to yeah are you going to go back to the same condemnation thoughts or the yeah. same um words that like you hold to the thing that woke you up. It doesn't have that staying power. No. But when you actually dive into and see what the gospel, the God, um, what Jesus has done for us. Yes. His word is and what, how it brought you a life and how it's able to keep you in. One last verse I would like to go to right now that I think really, you know, it just kind of, it, it repeats and expands, yeah. right? Um, in Romans 8 and verses 9 through 11, and it says this here, it says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, that the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Once again, the spirit is a star when it comes to life, spiritual life. And as I you know, put everything together, I recognize it's like this, that you and I receive a knowledge of the gospel. We receive a knowledge of what Christ has done to save us or what God has done in Christ to save us as we receive that knowledge and accept that knowledge. You got to accept it. That's a big key. It's not just hearing it. 
but you got to receive it and accept it and believe on it. That when you do that, that what happens is that that is the zenith or the beginning of new life in you. And what God communicates then is that he communicates to you his spirit and his spirit is is the agency to maintain life. That even as you receive it and believe it, the moment you believe the spirit is is dispatched to help you to be transformed and to change. And then along our journey, that the words of Christ, the word of God, as we continually feast, it's feeding the new man. And it's bringing the and keeping the new man alive. As long as we starve the old man and we feed the new man, that life will continue and continue. And it all started with a knowledge of what God has done in Jesus Christ to save us from our Mm -hmm. sin. That when we're talking about what's going to bring life, what's going to burst this thing, is it going to be Bible prophecy? No, it's not going to be Bible prophecy. Is it going to be um, reforms and behavior modification? Mm. Is knowing that what I'm doing, knowing that it's wrong, is that going to bring life in me? And no, it may bring conviction, yes. or but that ain't life. It ain't going to have the staying power. No, it's not going to have the staying power. Mm-hmm. The staying power, it only comes from a knowledge yeah. and a reception mm-hmm. and or belief of what Christ has done to save us and accepting that as our own, that I believe that's where God gives new life. And when new life begins, he gives the Holy Spirit and we can can maintain that new life all the way until the end of this world. So with that being said, that's all I got. That's all I got for for this topic today. Any any, uh, closing thoughts you'd like to share? I mean, I really think that it's so important for us to, to deal with these things because we personally have an experience where we um desire for god's spirit to to awaken us and we had just a misunderstanding of what awakening is yeah so in our personal experience we can tell that definitely god has been so gracious to show us that like the thing that all along the way i want to keep you and to the same power it's right there at our fingertips and and to receive it even if if any of you guys are listening and have not experienced the true understanding of the gospel, having that knowledge and that spirit to be awaking you, then like you're never too late. Like, no, God is saying to you right all. now, you're, he's showing you that these verses that you can go back to and, and claim them for yourself and just uh, meditate on those verses. And God will show you yeah. how he wants to keep you. And it is just right there that the verses and the word is just so clear and so beautiful to see yeah. how he has, has um designed his word to show you like I, I wanna keep you, I wanna um wanna help you and I want you to stay awake. Like yeah. I don't want you to yeah, go back absolutely. into that dead state. Absolutely. I do not want you to go back like um where Ezekiel Sato's dry bones. Yeah. I want the spirit to the to awaken it and then live. So God is is desiring for all of us to have that experience and I, I really want it for you guys and for ourselves. Amen. Amen. I believe those are good closing thoughts. So with that being said, we're going to we're going to close out this podcast for those who have been watching and or even listening. Um, if you have been blessed by this podcast, as always, man, I invite you to share this yeah. with your friends, with your family, even with your enemies, that they might receive the blessing as well. Until next time, may the grace of God be with you. May his face shine upon you and may his glory for your life. God bless and have a okay. wonderful day.